Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Everybody, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, live edition, also released after the fact via the traditional podcast stream. I really hope more of you do transfer over and come watch us live because today I am still tucked in the corner of my bedroom with a very old draft board behind my head and the great Aaron Bruski is in a uh, lawn chair in his backyard, shaded by an orange grove. No man has ever been more relaxed on a fantasy basketball podcast Brew, I don't even know if the big dog needs to bark today. I feel like the big dog is resting. Yeah, I'm just chilling, man. I, I, I don't believe in wearing suits on the sidelines. I believe <laughs> just wear your uniform. Yeah, that's right. We're <laughs> the little pre-show antics there. Uh, so to those that are listening on the recorded stream, this will be traditional Thursday shows. Myself, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. He is at Aaron Bruski. Video feed, folks, you can actually see that on your screens right now. We're just going to be going over some of the big storylines of the week. We'll try to hit questions. If you guys are watching live, throw some questions in there that are uh, more broad topic. We like to try to hit the broad stuff, the strategic stuff, as opposed to just like, here's my team, who should I drop? That's just, there isn't time, unfortunately, for questions like that, because we do have a, a stopwatch going on Thursday shows. But, uh yeah, I think we can probably just dive right in because yesterday was a, a big Wednesday, and I feel like the big story of the day is that Damian Lillard strained his calf. I don't know if you agree or disagree. It just, I don't know. It's sad that he got hurt this fast because he looked really, really good prior to last night. Sure, and I think everybody roots for Damian. And, and the good news is it does appear like this is minor. He said he would come back into the game if it was a playoff game. They've already ruled him out for Friday. Um He's releasing pictures of him singing Baby Shark. I thought that was highly relatable. <laughs> yeah. um, I almost right. warned him. I warned him about the blippy, you know, you know, <laughs> stop at Coco Melon. You don't got to go to the blippy because you might have to dress up like blippy for Halloween. You know, not that I would know. I expect you to be wearing that costume on next Thursday's show. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't get people to watch live, I don't know what will. Oh, this is bad, Dan. I so think you're this not, could have legs. And, you're not that I really, worried? I Like, strained calves, those are slow. I'll be back in the yeah, if it was I, a playoff. I don't know, man. I, I think they'll just, you know, they'll probably give him an extra game maybe after Friday. If he comes back after Friday, I forget when they play next after that, then you'll know it's probably not a big deal because they're not being dumb with Dame. The, 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 his, this two-year deal, this, you know, iteration of the, the Blazers is really about win now. If it, if it goes to hell for whatever reason, then... I mean, I wouldn't put it past Dame to stay, but the argument for him to stay is practically gone. You know, so I think they want to do this right. They want to make a deep playoff run. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, but I think we'll get a good uh, pulse on it based on does he return on after the Friday game or not. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the burst, the explosion, it's there. It's good to see. I don't think he's back after the Friday game. I'm, that's my guess. I think, I think he's out for a week. That's my. I would I would tend to agree that that at least one more game after Friday, it doesn't make sense. I haven't looked at their schedule uh, very closely, but and they're you know, four and it, one. It's a good start. It's a good time to do this. I mean, you're, to to your point, yeah. If he comes back, it means it's nothing. I think, um, but I would rest them if I was them. The other uh, huge story, should we call it huge? I'm sort of hinting at what I'm about to bring up is Bull Bull 
playing 20 Ooh. minutes a game. Uh, is that the surprise of the season so far? I say yes. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely. And just in like player prognostication, I, watching Bull Bull play at any point in time up until the regular season, you just, it's like, what kind of crazy dumb thing is he going to do on the floor next? And now he's kind of not doing that stuff while making plays, really using his, his talents well. And he's completely wiped Mo Bamba off the map. And it appears as if he's, you know, the number two guy there with a good per minute package. And uh, it's, it's still kind of hard to wrap your head around, but I don't see why we should be tapping the brakes. You know, if, if, he's, if he's made that leap into that number two spot and he's a good per minute guy, it's Orlando. I mean, that place is ripe for something like this to happen. So uh, I don't think you should be kicking around on wires. That's for sure. Mm. That is just, I mean, it happened a couple of times. And I have to admit, I didn't believe what I was. I didn't believe that he could keep up with NBA level talent. And so far, he kind of is this year. I mean, that sort of came out of nowhere. We've seen flashes, though. It's just he does so many stupid things on the floor. Like it's, it's hard to unsee how much bad previously, not this year. Uh, I mean, just ill-advised shots. I mean, not understanding the tempo or the flow of the game turnovers, you name it. Just like that, that that's his game. And I kind of think like that might be the, the middle path here where it's like, you know, he totally sucks or he's going to be, you know, this great fantasy pickup and can say, say, say keep with 25 minutes per game the middle road is probably that he starts doing some silly stuff again and, and kind of just hovers into a late round asset. That might be what we see here. But I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. is an injury prone guy. There's a lot of ways this could work out really well for Bull Bull. Um, yeah, there's injury news everywhere. I'm trying to figure out what direction we should go at this exact moment because we got like the Cole Anthony stuff from this morning where he's out a while. DeLon Wright is out a while. I don't know. Do any of these I was looking qualify? at the Coles. Yeah, yeah, I was looking okay. at the Coles stuff earlier, and, and I think they have – it's one of those injuries where you, you don't really have a good beneficiary. I think you're just going to see a ton of Paolo. I think you're going to see a ton of Franz. Is it Franz or Franz? I don't know. It's Franz. Franz holding on to the ball. You know, that was that's kind of Banchero's thing anyway is dribble, 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 dribble. So you're going to get more of that. Um, you know, the entire backcourt is out. So they could even really get funky with some lineups and bring in more bull bull, you know, and just go big across the top and have your, your ball handlers be super big. And I don't know who they're playing in the next couple games. That might determine, do they have a super speedy, you know, uh, small point guard that, that forces them to bring somebody like RJ Barrett, um, I mean, their lineup is really screwed. <laughs> they uh, oh R.J. Hampton, Caleb, or yeah, 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 right. Um, and uh, Caleb Houston, you know, like there's some no some guys that really are not going to be valuable and also very unheard of that are going to get 20, 25 minutes per game. But I think they're just going to roll big lineups. Um, I don't know if there's an angle to sell Banchero. He's really um, going to get a ton of shots this year, so I don't know that anybody should necessarily be fading him. I think his field goal percentage and um, some of the inefficiencies around the edges are going to keep him from crossing the top 50. Um, 
in a good scenario. Uh, there's also the concern of what do the, the Magic do at the end of the year if they get into the tank race and whatnot. Um, Wagner might be the guy that's, if, if you haven't gotten in on him yet, his, his rankings aren't eye-popping yet, and, and he's probably their safest high-end fantasy play and, and in this, say, week-long stretch. I could see him going off and then being unacquirable probably the last Cole Anthony take I got. I, I want to get to the next like kind of warm story from last night, but I, I cannot get over just looking every time I look back at the screen and you're just like philosophizing in the, in a outdoor lawn chair, you don't have any stats in front of you. You don't have any rosters. You don't have any box scores. You have nothing. You can't even see what's on your phone. Cause it's setting on a table like six feet away. I don't more power to you, man. This is insane. Uh, Caleb Martin is, I think, the other story from last night, and we were all just kind of waiting for that one to pop because he's the starting small-slash-power forward on a team that needed him to be it. Waiting for Cody, too. Yeah. Like Cody, Cody, when he's done being injured, there will be a point in time when he has the Caleb experience. And whether or not it's worth waiting for, uh, whether or not the odds are kind of as strong, I don't know how bad that injury is, um, but that will happen with him, too. They're both that good. You know, any team that didn't go after him in reality ball, the two of these guys, they don't have an active front office. You know, these guys shouldn't have been signed for what they were signed. Somebody should have come in and plucked them for whatever percentage more. Um, but Caleb, yeah, I mean, he's top 75 guy right now. And uh, there's really no reason to fade that. I mean, I mean, maybe around the edges we can say this stat, that stat, whatever. But he is good enough to where they consider using him as a four or even a five in a super small lineup, which is wild. He's not a five. He's not even a four, but he, he plays long enough, strong enough to, to make that happen. And uh, he does everything that, that the heat like, and he's just going to be rock solid as long as he's, um, you know, not hurt and the heat love him. It, it's, this one's an easy one. He's just going to keep going. That was one of my favorite storylines in the first week and a half if only because he got dropped in like copious numbers of leagues uh which was i mean he wasn't drafted in every league but like if you watched those first few games he had i think it was uh the injury in the third one against toronto no he got tossed that's right he got tossed and then he got suspended for a game but if you looked at the first two he just missed some shots but otherwise four and then seven rebounds he had some assists. He had four steals in his first three games. You're just waiting for that game where the numbers leveled off and he just was getting punted over and over and over again. And I was sitting in a number of leagues where I didn't take him towards the end of a draft. I figured I would take some other flyers. I'm like, this guy's, he's literally falling into our laps in a lot of leagues because I do think, and this is actually a topic I want to talk to you about, which isn't really like a hottest pickup or drop kind of thing, but just this idea of like, how to analyze a, a game if you can't watch it live because there is kind of a right way and a wrong way to look at a box score. And I think Cam Johnson is a perfect example of this because he hasn't popped yet, but he did for the first time in their last ball game play 30 plus minutes where he gets dropped because he was a, I mean, his shooting night was absolutely atrocious. It was like the kind of thing you'd, set on fire in your office waste paper basket if brew was in an office today uh but then you have to make sure you're analyzing it right don't you oh i think we just lost him oh no we lost 
Fast Bruce video. Oh, wait, he's back. My bad. People just calling me. <laughs> I just, so that's what I happens. Just hit the red, I hit the red button. Oh, on your watch. Red now. All right, so how yeah. would you analyze a box score as it pertains to someone like Caleb Martin or Cam Johnson if you can't, if you aren't able to... Uh, to watch the game live as soon as Brew kills off this next phone call coming through. <laughs> yeah, whoever called for the second time, not a good day for them. <laughs> I hope it's not important. Not as important as this. Not as important as this. Um, so you really got to have a, a good sense of what the the standard box score looks like. And I can, I mean, from a gaming gambling standpoint, like it, it's like, what, look at at a box score, you can tell if a team is healthy or sick based on that box score. And, and, and if it gets lopsided in one direction, you see like two or three players, they're not getting what they normally get. You can kind of get the sense of like whatever that narrative storyline surrounding the team is, you get the sense of, of what could be happening, should be happening, and, and you get that backstory. But you, the stuff that you're talking about, Dan, that is almost like low-hanging fruit. Like... Cam Johnson's not going to produce at that level with X minutes all season long. He's currently way below what he will be producing with an obvious storyline of the tailbone and the hip and, and, and just being dinged up to start the year. So that's just easy by low territory, kind of like Desmond Bain was easy by low territory after the first week, not just being undervalued from the start um, you know, during draft season, but then you know, getting hurt, looking terrible while he was hurt in the first game of the season when guys are always out of shape, always dealing with cramps, always getting into, you know, getting into high gear. And uh, so these are the opportunities early in the season to really jump on some some big values. All right, let's see what kind of questions we got coming through today. Um, there are other storylines, but um, let's see if we can find some stuff that's a, that's more broad stroke relevant i don't know why it keeps like popping up disappearing and popping up again it feels like a glitch with Streamyard today but it seems to be there now uh this question is from jack and i'll sort of bend it into the way that we can go broad stroke games cap this is a format i play a ton of uh brew you do i think more weekly roto where you're not worried as much about the games cap but you are worried about like what you can squeeze out of a player over a given couple of days what is more valuable the off-the-bench per-minute guys or a decent starter? Someone like a Grant Williams and Caleb Martin versus an Isaiah Jackson or an Okongwu or Bruce Brown and Royce O'Neal. Um, I mean, some of that is obviously situation-dependent. I'll just throw my thoughts in, and then we'll come over to you, Brew, on this one, because this is a format I play a lot. In a 12-teamer, uh, you know, it depends. <laughs> Bruce got somebody walking by. Uh, in a 12-teamer, for me... At least at the beginning of the year, I'm desperately hunting guys that are top 75 rank or higher. So someone like, say, uh, a Grant Williams, who's off to a really great start, and will probably come back to earth a little bit because he's shooting like 1,000 so far, is a guy that probably more rounds out your lineup a little bit, where he's going to be probably between 75 and 110 and kind of bouncing around a little bit over the course of the year. And that's a really useful guy. Uh, in a lot of situations, it's not the guy I'm targeting right this second where, like, I probably would prefer to have Isaiah Jackson on my bench right now on the chance that he gets going nutso because then you're looking at maybe top 50, maybe even higher. 
So I value that more right now. Although to the same token, I like Caleb Martin a lot. I think he actually does have a chance to be like 75 or better as the season rolls along. Brew, how do you approach that kind of games cap dilemma early in a season? I think you're, the question is a great one. And I think that in a games cap scenario, you're, you're hoping you don't fall behind waiting on some of these stash guys to start producing at a top 100, top 75 level. Um, and that makes it really challenging because you just don't know when it's going to tip. You know, Indy is kind right. of uh, desirable right now because, frankly, the Lakers, I don't know why they haven't called Indy for Buddy Heald. I don't know what's going on there. I got no intel. I got, you know, no feel. It seems like it's just dormant. They're probably waiting for the Lakers to get super desperate. Um, and I don't even know what they could offer anyway How if they've got anything desperate? in the coffers. How much more desperate can they be? The Lakers are historically <laughs> awful at shooting right now. I but, know but we're only four games in. who's the GM of that squad? Who's the GM of the, the Lakers? I haven't a clue right now. I would venture to say it's LeBron James, and, and everybody's kind of looking around and saying, see, LeBron, it won't work. And, and, and he's sort of sitting there like, yeah, you know what? It's, it, it's not going to work, but it was my idea. So now so I, I have to eat it. He's going to have to eat it, but he's eating very slowly, like a three-year-old <laughs> looking at his broccoli going, I ain't going to eat that. Yeah. And oh, they're deep in their own head. Have you watched much Lakers so far? Like oh, the, yeah, yeah. The shooters it's, are it's all funny, taking an extra half the second. They're loading up. They're like, come on, this one's going to do it. And then every once in a while, one goes in and the whole team's like, yeah. And then they miss six in a row right after. <laughs> it is. I hate watching nuts. the Lakers. I really do. It's but, like watching a baseball team in a slump right now. Like everyone stepping to the plate. Like I'm guessing curveball. I'm guessing curveball. And they're it's never turned into see a horror one. movie. Yeah. And I like that. I, it's. Oh, I mean, it's the crazy. Russ thing is just great. I grabbed Russ at like 140 in a draft, whatever the number was. And so I've put him in, and and it's just it's like watching. You just don't know what you're going to get. That one, two, three, four, five Druidia password. <laughs> you like that tweet? tweet you had the other day. That was great. And also, like, what a line. Like, I wasn't yeah. even mad at him. I mean, it's hurting my team. I took a flyer on the guy. I don't care. <laughs> I hope he gets traded. To, it's like, where could he go? I don't know. Like, Oklahoma City to me. Come on, guys. This one, now that I think about it, this is too obvious. Like, you want to tank? You want to lose? Throw Russ in the lineup. Let him you know, rack up a quadruple double or a... You know, with turnovers. Yeah, but that's and... like where we need the the shooter McGavin drop. That's like, you know what else would sell tickets, Doug? A golfer with an arm growing out of his ass. <laughs> Is that hey, really what of we OKC, want? Okay, Shy Gilgis Alexander, number one rated in nine cut. Yeah, that dude was getting drafted in the late forties because he had that preseason shoulder foot. I don't I, remember what it was. I, honestly, I still don't think that. I'm not 100 percent sure this is going to work out for people who drafted him. Like, oh, I, game, I get games it. cap. He's all right. But yeah, Game, yeah, right. But but even then, like, what if he plays fifty games? You know, at that point, I don't think he's okay in games cap. Uh, here's one that's kind of broad, but also not. Again, I can't figure out why that keeps flickering on the screen. Uh, what do we do with Monty Morris after hearing about Delon Wright missing uh six to eight weeks? My initial thought was, if you could get equal value for Morris right now, I was doing it because he was generally getting. A lot of preseason buzz, but he's still just kind of Monty Morris. But now there's, like, kind of nobody behind him. So shouldn't he just plod his way, like, around to two rounds earlier without DeLon around? I go one round. Um, I think Denny Abdija, if I'm saying that right. Nope, but that's I, okay. <laughs> I, can, can, can we get an update? Denny? Abdi Denny? 
Avdia. Avdia. Yeah. Avdia. If we can get that right, Avdia. I think he's been dinged up and 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 not really himself. Not necessarily a consistent or guaranteed hit here, but he's been available everywhere, and he has a quasi point guard game that they've wanted to develop in the past. So it makes sense to me that, that he might become more stable and produce at an average 125 with, with some upside because he's a guy that they've invested into. He's got a good NBA build. Um, if he can put it together, there's, there's an interesting stat set somewhere in there. Um, maybe not this year, but, but I think he's got a shot at top 100. Hmm. Uh, I'm throwing this question up on the board because I mostly just want to talk about the two players in it. Not so much like who do you value more, Jalen Smith or Alperin Shangun, but um, Jalen Smith has been awesome since that game where he got clocked in the in the mug, and Alperin Shangun has been not awesome and then sick. But I don't want to get too caught up in the moment on either of them. I know you and I were both very high on Jalen Smith coming into the year. We were both actually kind of low on Shangun coming into the year. Have you seen anything to change the way you feel on either of them? And what do you think the path is for Shangun over the rest of this season? I think he's going to zigzag between like top 50 and top 150. That's lines. big. That's a wide berth. Absolutely. Well, this is what happens when a guy isn't really going to get you stats in, say, four categories on a given night. The big question is his free throw shooting. If he can solidify that, then because that's controllable, right? Like he's never going to become a big defensive guy. Three point shooting is like you know it's on the horizon for every player in the NBA. But are we going to look at Sinjin and think he's going to shoot well this year? Probably not. It's that free throw he can control, and so if he can get that up in in, in the 80 percent range, then that one fifty range drops to like one hundred. And and you're 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 really talking about a guy that could possibly hit top seventy five, which was about where he was drafted in any league that wasn't you know completely psycho, um, which there was a lot. I seen seen him go fifty at times. I thought mm. I think I saw him go forty five once. Yikes! Um, yeah, yeah, yikes! Um, so that's where I see him at. I think the Bruno Fernando thing is extre- extremely important for for Sinjin because. Um, the 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 other guy his name's hard to say it's like garuba garuba thank you you're you're still doing this with no computer and no access to names or rosters of any kind i want to remind he actually had a really good preseason and and he was on the radar um i forget his national team who he plays for but um he was getting minutes there and so it was not surprising to see him step in and, and take the placeholder minutes of the starting position because they, I think, correctly realized that, that Sinjin can't be with the starting unit and be worth all of those minutes because those other guys are chucking like crazy. And you want to have Sinjin have the ball. So if you're going to get crushed on defense, which is the case no matter what with him, that you're getting the offense while you're out there. So they've correctly gotten that part right. And and that's actually very key for his fantasy fantasy value because if, if if he's not offensively producing and they're getting crushed on the inside, they'd be tempted to play more like 20 minutes a game. And so that would crush his value. Uh, Jalen Smith is uh, – he was of the the grouping of, of these massive upside guys. He's, I think I mentioned on this last show, he kind of fell toward the bottom of it because of the knee stuff. But that obviously hasn't – been a problem early on and he looks like somebody that they have locked into his into his role 
which is nice. Like there's a lot of unpredictability going on right now with those guys. Miles Turner's back. Goga was the odd man out. And actually Goga has looked pretty damn good, you know, for, for what he is and who he is. He's, he's coming into this season athletic by his standards. And um, I think that the, the future of that team minus Miles Turner, which is another reason I'm kind of paying attention to the Lakers stuff. Cause the, and, and again, I don't, I'm not following the Lakers and their assets and what they could do, but you know, if you got LeBron and his twilight and AD and his twilight, I mean, that guy looks terrible out there, by the way, his back is I, busted, but he's he, getting a he, crap ton of defensive stats though. So he's, he's, he's absolutely killing it. I think he's top seven, top nine and nine cat right now. Um, he's hurting, he's uh, yeah, he looks like an old man and I don't think it's getting any better. So point being is like, if, and it's funny, you, you go, you know, who could you pair next to another center is the Miles Turner's question. You play with Sabonis all that time. So maybe this is questions more focused on a Sabonis like character, but like if you're going to have two big men, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis to me is even better than Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. As far as perfect. like, can you actually pull it off? And so like if I'm the Lakers and I've already mortgaged my future and you know, sold the franchise to LeBron, might as well like here's like how many future draft picks you know let's let's make this this thing at least have a chance of getting to the playoffs and maybe advancing to the next round or something yeah the rim um, protection would be incredible on that team you got two of like it'd the be top compelling four. yeah and miles and then, turner and then, can actually shoot a little bit anthony davis can't anymore but miles honestly still can. healed is the most hilarious person to plug into that situation anyway because like he's just a space cadet and <laughs> Like, watching LeBron blame him for everything, like, that alone should be a sitcom. But he but, might actually hit a three-pointer during a ball game, which they haven't well, he, seen before. Well, he could hit. He's, the, he's, like, one of the best shooters. He's probably, like, a top-three shooter in the NBA in terms of, like, the, the ball barely hits the net when he shoots. And so he is that release. guy. You don't even need a quick release with LeBron. These guys have eight seconds to get these three-pointers up, and they clang them anyway. By the way, I liked this comment, so I threw it up on the screen. Next week, Dan Bresper's live from an in and out Honest to goodness, if I could get them to sponsor this thing, I would do every show from an In-N-Out drive-thru. So are you, are you a just, huge In-N-Out guy? I love In-N-Out. Wow. I've had it probably 8,500 times in my life. You complain about gut problems. I, I think I know why, Dan. No, listen, that stuff I can digest super easy. You, give me, you talked about broccoli earlier in the show. You give me a piece of broccoli, stomachache immediate it's because you never eat it oh no it's horrible it's fiber i can't do natural fibers i did all that stuff in college and it just it like it killed me so i went back to other people did drugs dan ate vegetables i ate vegetables and i just had an upset stomach all the time so i i need to eat like pop tarts and in and out and i'm good rumble through the day with no problem uh here's one what are we doing with clay thompson what are we doing with Clay? Uh, they're on a ramp up with him right now, so I think we kind of had to know that coming into the year, and that's the case for a lot of guys right now. Which this happens every year, um, and it does create a little bit of a short-term memory thing for fantasy players. But let me see if I can name. And Colin Sexton got hurt an additional time. Wait, last wait till night. he comes back in his next game, pissed off he got ejected for the first time in his career. Oh yeah, cool. I mean, Clay. like. Yeah, he's going to come in, and that team is going to feed him, and they're going to want to get Clay's spirit up. He's the the cultural heart of that team. They're not going to let him go down like that. But also, and, and, they have the restrictors on him right now. They're not letting him sure, play a ton yeah. of minutes. They're not overdoing it. And it's the same case with a number of Jamal Murray, uh, Kawhi, who's 
back to having the knee thing happening again. Let's put him off to the side a little bit, but Colin Sexton, a lot of these guys that have come off of big things, I think there's this inclination to forget that just because they had the whole offseason off to rehab, that they're not just going to play 37 minutes on the first game back. They're not going to have their legs right right away. And I think it's created by low opportunities on almost every one of them, with maybe the exception of Kawhi, who's extra hurt. That would probably a little too scary for me right now. What do you think about all those guys? I couldn't I couldn't stomach Kawhi where he was going in drafts. I had him ranked highly to respect Kawhi. Um but uh I'm glad I didn't get put in that position anywhere to have to to make that choice because people were jumping on him earlier. Um Clay is Clay and 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 I think actually Clay because he loves to play ba- basketball and he's had so much time off. You're going to see Probably it's it's funny they can almost like plan this out in the office ahead of time like pre-script their season where they go okay Steph you want to get going early okay cool Clay we're gonna ramp you up all right you got the middle of the season you haven't been able to play very much you know we're gonna then turn and rely on you and then Jordan Poole okay once you and you and, uh, and Dre get the beef worked out you know at, at there's gonna be a point in time because Jordan Poole's extremely by low candidate jo- Jordan Poole probably starting like November fifteenth or December first they're gonna be like okay hey you're our guy that we can just, you know, run out there and just give a ton of touches to, and you're going to carry us, you know, all the way the rest of the way throughout the year. Um, as these older guys, especially in March and April, start to peel back a little bit. Golden State seems really easy. Hey, can I get, like, um, like two bars on Nick Richards before we, we have to cut out? Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. You, um, I, was, I was actually going to torture you first. Would you like to be tortured first or second? Always first. Uh, um, you got to lean in for this one. Sorry, I'm. I'll read it aloud for the pod listeners after Bruce's reaction. <laughs> dude, dude. The the, the that's a loaded question. It's the, it's a loaded question because it's true. It says no. By the way, the the, the yeah, post yeah, for the is, listeners. Yeah, no disrespect, <laughs> Brew. You kind of look like the character Blippy. I, I, I <laughs> my wife has a thing for the character Blippy. I'm just saying. Do, do the side by side, Dan. Do it is another post that's come up in this thing. Where is it? Uh, here we go. Brooks says I had to look up Blippy, but dude, you're right. <laughs> the uh, like this whole like dress up like Blippy thing. I'm like, I I think this is like a setup, you know, to introduce something new by my wife. She's dressing as Mika. If anybody's I, if anybody's familiar like, with the show, is that like Br- Blippy's sidekick? Is Blippi's sidekick. <laughs> sidekick with benefits is my guess. Hey, but. look at that. This show is taking a weird turn. I'm enjoying it, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Uh, is RJ Hampton a pickup? Sorry, that, that I jumped on Nick Richards. Sorry, pa- pause. Wait, 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 wait. Talk, about, talk about a hard left. Uh, no. no. Okay, no, well, let's talk about Nick Richards. He's hovering right on the edge there. And he can do it, but life's hard as a backup. So what do we do with that? Yeah, life is hard as a backup. And it just depends on the league size that you're in. Like in a two-center league where, you know, the top 200 is rostered, Nick Richards was a huge pickup. Like in the fab bids that I was involved in, the lowest he went for was like 150 out of 1,000. And the highest, I, I got outbid by one of the best fantasy players out there. Um, this is the one time I got outbid. I, I went for like 430. And, and then I got outbid by 480 was, was the bid. So like half of the fab budget for the entire year 
because recognizing in a two center league that somebody in his spot, if he gets up to say 25 minutes per game, top 75 guy, maybe even more in that scenario. And how does he get there? Um, Mason Plumley, you know, little long in the tooth tanking team. You know, that's the scenario you see right there. So when, when I saw the, I mean, we got the preseason news from Clifford talking him up, you know, seeing like, Hey, this guy can play a little bit. Um, my, my instinct was like, uh, after the, the second, the, the first game when we saw him play well, the second game, I was like, all right, we've got to watch this thing. So I, I actually watched really closely, t- put a ton of film time into this to figure out what was this, if I was going to make these big bids, you know, to see see what was going on there. So uh, the quick scouting report on him <laughs> I is, knew that was good. We were going to get something. Bruce got the a mailman bird. walked over. The, that was the mailman earlier, and uh, I almost brought him on the show. Are birds fighting uh, in, your, in the orange tree? You know, they're just kind of loitering, and 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 I don't know. <laughs> we'll incredible. have a conversation with the birds here in a little bit. But back to Nick Richards. Do you, you want me to talk about the birds? I could talk about the birds. No, he's he's a smallish bird. You know, he's <laughs> he just, he's, he's got a good good work ethic. He's uh, just you know, pissed we haven't pick. talked about any teams that are are bird logos yet. I. He wants us to talk about the Atlanta Hawks Dan, or, the, or the Pels and, and the great play of Dejounte Murray and you know Trey Young and both those guys <laughs> Sorry, getting their field birds. goal percentage where they need to be. Oh, and Yeka Kongwu pissing everybody off because it's early in the year and Clint Capella soaking up all the minutes because he quieted down just like my three year old. Yeah, we talked about um, birds and he's good now. Yeah, he just flew away. Um, like, he got what he wanted. Good he bird. Just, yeah, good bird. All good right, back bird. to Nick Richards. Nick Richards. He so like players doing things coaches love this guy he was and 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 in this game where he had the big line the other day i mean the the announcers were going crazy and it's that one announcer who goes crazy over anything anyway i forget his name um out of charlotte but they uh, were eric collins yeah yeah i love the way he calls a game um not traditional but but the way i i I think that's exciting big Um, energy big energy big Big energy kind of feels like a WWE show. <laughs> a little bit. He did a couple of Dodgers road games one year where they were like demoing a bunch of people when uh, Charlie oh. Steiner was going to stop traveling. Uh, and it was, I think baseball people felt work? like it was too much. Like it was, was going to say, how's that work in baseball? I actually, I actually really liked it. Cause he was just like, base it in the left field at like the baseball one out. People need to get out and dance. Yeah. It was like, it was like a footloose movie or something. Anyway, sorry. I threw yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry. But Nick Richards, like, like there was some, like he, he's coming in in the bookends at the end of the first quarter, the early second quarter. And I swear he didn't stop jumping off the screen from the beginning of the time he played to the end of the time he played. And, and in the little things like, Ball goes up, ball gets rebounded. This guy is turning and running both directions on the floor in a sprinter's pose, the way it gets taught. And and then running the court and turning and setting the screen that getting you know, getting this the screen assist, which everybody loves, getting the screen assist for player X and doing it in a way that like frankly if he hadn't been perfect the entire time it wouldn't have happened and so like a coach watching that's realizing the degree of difficulty on what he's doing is extremely high the motor is high so the IQ is high he's also playing sort of in a multifaceted way like the blocks and steals numbers are really disappointing from a fantasy perspective the blocks and steals rates from his NBA um, 
his low amount of minutes in the NBA are actually better than what he entered the NBA with. So like the numbers aren't there yet, but watching the fundamentals, I would, I would think that he might, he, he's not going to be a huge steals and blocks guy that there's a, a happy medium there. That's going to produce more value than what you're seeing right now, which is in the one ten range. I want to say in about 20 minutes per game. So like if that's his floor, you know, the question would be, is Mark Williams going to come in and steal some of his cheese? You know, he, there was a 31-minute uh, night for, for Plumlee last night, and that was a close overtime game. You know, is that when Clifford wants a win, is that what, what he's going to give Mason Plumlee and then, then Richard's numbers go down? But after all of that is done, and yes, Clifford, Clifford is a veteran coach that's not going to just outright tank. I think that you're going to see Richards have a couple different ways to make this stay in the top 100. And then heaven forbid something happens to Mason Plumley, And, you know, like Nick Richards gets in there with 25. I could see him actually playing starters minutes in the event that, that Plumley goes out. They just graduate him and, and, and say, look, you are actually good enough to handle this. Um, 26, 28 minutes per game. And that's when I think those bids, you know, those fab bids start to make sense. And, uh, you know, you start to see that, that upside kick in. Uh, before we start to, we're not in full wind down mode yet, but we are getting towards the end of the program. I want to remind everybody, we've been bouncing between like 70 and 100 viewers live on this thing. Um, please do click the thumbs up button and subscribe to the YouTube page because Brew and I are doing this every Thursday. Uh, David and William are doing head to head strategy shows on Sundays. We've got JP and his squad doing football shows every Sunday. There's a lot of actually. Really good free content here on our YouTube page that's been ramping up over the last few months. So make sure you subscribe, click the like button, then other people can find it doing a sort of a community service that way. I know you're supposed to say smash it, but I don't believe in smashing buttons on a computer. You should gently tap the mouse click button on uh, the thumbs up and the subscribe button. So thank you for that. Um, this is what I wanted to get to here because we got a little bit into the magic, but there is one player waiting in the wings that we haven't talked about yet. With all of the injuries happening there, could this be an inside track for Markel Fultz if he can get back before some of the other guys? Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, Mark like it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just is the injury timeline. If, if he can get back, he's, he's a good basketball player after all of the ups and downs, and, and it's just uh, sad to see him have another injury to start the year. But... In, if they say he's coming back in a week and, and, the, and the info on Cole Anthony is not good, you're looking at a guy that I think would be a top 75 guy, you know, even like right out the shoot after one or two rust games, I think like right off the bat, top 75 and, and, and really hovering there, you know, not really wavering, you know, up or down at that, at that time. You know what we haven't done in a while, Brew? Lightning round? Lightning round. You got it, man. We're going to do a little lightning round at the end here. Should I hold on to John Wall? I'm a no on that one. I'm more of a yes than I was at the beginning of the season, um, but I think it's pretty – yeah, I'm a no. I'm a no. Lightning round, no, because I think the durability, like I saw him working out his knee during the game, no. Yeah, there's just too many bodies back there too. Uh, what do we do with Josh Richardson? My take is wait for – two spurs to be resting and then deploy him in those spots. <laughs> That's the easy way. I think um, top 150 the rest of the way. Um, this one was, I wish I had been a little bit more aggressive there just to get the number right at the end of the year. Um, but 
he's he he was the veteran guy that you just that, that Pop was going to lean on. Do we have a timeline on Jalen Suggs? I honestly don't remember. I would go week to week. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, what to do? Where I, there, I had a Jalen Duran thing here, and I lost the comment to throw it up on the screen. There it is. Uh, Jalen Duran, hold or drop? Hold. Yeah, that's what I would do there too. Uh, <laughs> I can't do that one. I know the answer to this one. <laughs> can't was, do that one now. Was, I want to know what it, it was. Is. A, it was a three for three trade. I we yeah, oh, okay. that's, it's too much. Sorry, guys. We got Nothing these things have to be a little. Though. Yeah, they have to be. We can. We got to be able to pack them in here real quick. I know the answer to this one, but I'm throwing it on the screen anyway. Alperin Shangun or Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole. By I'm guessing a pretty substantial margin. Yeah. Yeah, like two to three rounds. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jabari Smith versus Mikhail Bridges head to head. That's a good one, actually, because they're very different fantasy profiles. It's Bridges. I mean, Jabari Smith will be more fun. But Bridges, they they could turn the team over to Bridges, not like all the way, but like, you know, something with Chris Paul, something with uh, Devin Booker, whatever it might be. And they say, all right, it's your time now. Mikhail, that that could happen. They're already seeing it happen a little bit. So it's Mikhail. Uh, we talked a bunch about Caleb a little earlier in the show, so we're not ignoring this question. Just rewind. You can watch the replay uh, if you're doing it live or if you're listening to the pod, you heard it already. So not ignoring you. We did talk a bunch about Caleb Martin a few minutes back. Uh, Kevin Herter or Trey Jones, are they streamable today in a points league? This one I bit off more than I could chew on this question, I think. <laughs> Trey Jones seems to be. Um, it's Memphis that they're playing today, right? The Kings? Uh, let's go to the board. I don't have tonight's calendar in one of my tabs. And while open. you're looking yes. at it, tell me, because we're already yes. need deep. Tell me who the Spurs play. Spurs don't play tonight. So, so then we'll you... just go that they play the, whoever they play. Soon. Chicago tomorrow. Both these teams tonight, Kings and Grizzlies, are going to play tough because the Kings haven't won a game and the Grizzlies are trying to get right. Um, Herter is the Kings' bailout guy. I'll just tell you the stat line for for Herter, and and then you can kind of pick from there. It'll be 15 points for Herter, four rebounds. Trey Mann, not Trey Jones. Correction. Now we're looking There's at a lot of interchangeable names this year. <laughs> yeah. Terrence Mann, yeah. Trey Mann. This is like a Wheel of Fortune category before and after. Tra- I would go Trey Mann because they're yeah. thin in, in, in Thunderland and points, you know. Yeah, he's fun right back. now, too. It's fun. But to finish that stat line for oh. her, it'll be 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. Nay, three assists. <laughs> and one Nay. block. Nay. <laughs> Uh, is Pat Bev someone you can hold as a glue guy? I don't think you have to, is my take on that. He's been fine, but, you know, we can do better in this part of the year. what happens when Schroeder comes back. Like, they just need people who can dribble and shoot, and he can do those things kind of yeah. well. So, Oh, they're trying to get us to fight. <laughs> Keldon, Keldon Johnson versus Mikhail Bridges. I love them both. You know, Keldon, I'm telling you, like, I've I've waited on this all last year, but if he can hit free throws and just shoot a little bit more efficiently, the value is going to just, you know, he'll he'll gain two, three rounds, four rounds off that. 
So if that happens, theoretically, he could cross up Mikhail. But look, Mikhail had a, a worst case scenario year last year and finished what twenty, something like that. Yeah, and there's a little and, bit of a, cap, yeah. So he's going to be better this year. So it's like, can Keldon get that high? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, is Jaden McDaniel's must roster in 12 team? Yeah, he's been awesome yeah. so far. Absolutely. Which is an under. Yeah, no, is one. anybody even talking about that? He's, he's been just, great. Yeah, quietly amazing. What is his rank so far? 42. He's 42. Yeah. He's dominating. Yeah, those the steals and blocks might come down a little bit. And they. And field goal you're also going to have Cody Martin come back. You're going to have Lamelo come back. You know, it's not going to be quite as easy. Oh wait, this is uh, this is Jaden and not Jalen. Oh, oh, sorry, I should have left the question on the screen. Sorry, Jalen, he's still doing well. Yeah, Jalen's um, been decent. Jaden's been a monster, absolute behemoth. Yeah, in his stuff's coming and going. I just that team is going to have some serious issues. They're already having those issues. And shout out to. Um, to my guy there who I'm all of a sudden forgetting. Jalen Noel. I knew who you were yeah, thinking of. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, you knew who it was. Yeah, because you had him as like the top value free agent on your free agent rankings back in June or whenever you put that piece out. Proving to great. the top 100 fantasy players in the world could probably out, you know, run circles around the bottom 20 NBA GMs yeah. in the league. Just, I mean, you just, all you got to do is pay attention. And they're, they're not. You they're know, not. frankly, they're just not There's a lot of nepotism and, you know, cronyism. And I think we should just take sports ethos and, and sell ourselves as a package to a team. <laughs> the Lakers need help. Can we create a, a, a ethos? What's, what's like 720? Ethos we got Steven Bagel, man. That dude can handle the front office, the contractual stuff. Bagel's on it. We got we got Dio. We'll do the overseas stuff. Yeah, we're good to go. We got Panda. Pa oh, by the way, Panda's 4,000 word missives Woof. i had to make a special I, I graphic for that somebody one. i challenged one of you out there to find me better fantasy analysis yeah you guys got to check that out i think that's that's a fantasy pass feature right mm -hmm. yeah 4200s from 4200 words from panda next question and this is the last one can you build a competitive roster just consisting of different versions of the name jalen i think the answer is wow. yes I mean, you're going to get some Brown. serious, uh, some serious uh, sleeper value with like Jalen Suggs, Suggs, Brown, Green, Smith. McDaniel's, Smith. If you're going any spelling, yeah, that's that's a big key there. Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if Jalen Rose inspired any Jalen names. There's a lot of Jadens and Jalens that all happened at the same time. Yeah, see that? And right on right on cue, we had add in Jaden. You, you could build, like, a full roster and G League team of just Jalens and Jadens this year. They're going to stream all of Wembayana's games. Yeah. The NBA. Well. I don't know why I just brought that. that. <laughs> That's because the Lakers stink. They need something to put on national TV. Can they do that instead of Lakers? With and actually, Brandon. I was going to say Knicks, but the Knicks are kind of fun now. Yeah, they got a someone who can run the offense in there. And shout out Hartenstein. I mean, 10 minutes a game, just getting it done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Could you please get him to 20? Uh, Brandon would like us to take over the Lakers broadcast. I'm down with that as well. I'm yeah, fully, fully would, on uh, board. I did some play-by-play -play the other day. Ooh. Yeah. Where I was, I was just talking with Ben Hood. 
you know, the game was on the TV, and I just started calling the action. And, there you go. And he said that I might be better than Dan Vespers. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, hoodie. Don't quote me on it. Oh, hoodie. No, say it ain't so. <laughs> That's our timestamp, by the way, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for watching live. To those of you that are listening to the podcast version of this, I will have some closing remarks so you don't have to shut it down or anything like that. To those watching live on YouTube, once again, please subscribe, like the video, all that good stuff. Hope you'll join us again next week at 11 a.m. Pacific time. He is at Aaron Bruski with gardeners around, so he's muted himself. Go follow him on Twitter. I'm at Dan Bespris. You can see him on your screen. Uh, again, recorded folks, stick with me here. Video folks, toodaloo. But don't worry, recorded listeners, that was not toodaloo to you. I do want to take a second here towards the end of the recorded version to thank Brew once uh, for carving out this time every week on Thursdays. It is a lot of fun to get this, kind of getting the band back together here on the podcast. Uh, but it's been a long show, so I don't want to add too much stuff here at the closing. I just want to remind you guys we will continue to do things, many things, in between episodes over on Twitter. Recruiting! We're still recruiting, folks. Uh, and more than anything, come check out our forums. We got the forums relaunched over at Sports Ethos. We got questions pouring in. We got answers pouring in. It is a lot of fun. It's really cool to see the community kind of all helping one another. In addition, Fantasy Passers, you guys have access to the premium Q&A thread in the forums that nobody else can see. That has access straight to the pros you get answers from them over there as well. Please do check out the Fantasy Pass uh, this season. I really, like, you're going to love it. There's some really cool stuff in there. Uh, we haven't tried to shill too much since the season started, but I do want to remind you guys of that. And if you have a moment to drop a five-star review on the pod, I would really, really appreciate that. means a lot to me. We get pushed up those iTunes rank boards and uh, more folks can find the pod. Every time we grow, we can just keep doing more over here at Sports Ethos. Okay, now officially we're at the tail end. Please do follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers. I'll talk to you guys over on social media tomorrow. We'll have our typical Friday week in review pod. Back to me solo. Uh, thanks again to Brew. We'll see you guys tomorrow. So long, everybody.